politicians go to Taiwan all the time, and it's just it's you don't even hear about it because it's not a thing. But all of a sudden, when the story that normally you wouldn't pay attention to of Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan, China reacted like, "What? No, you can't do that! Oh my God, this means war!" And everybody's like, "What are you talking about?" But. Well, right. And our instinct says there's something else going on, maybe several something else's to discuss. Josh Rogan, Global Opinions columnist for The Washington Post, joins us. Josh is the author of the excellent Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, Xi, and the Battle for the 21st Century. Uh, Josh, welcome. Always great to talk. How are you? Uh, glad to be back. And your instinct is right. There is more going on. Okay. Well, tell us what it is. Well, you know, it's sometimes these things just come down to politicians and their egos okay and here you have nancy pelosi who's about to be you know displaced as speaker of the house likely she's going to retire right and she sees this trip to taiwan as the capstone of what of her self-proclaimed career as a leader in u.s china relations so for her this is a legacy item that's why she can't delay it that's why she doesn't want to go lay there so she went to Tiananmen Square in 1991, and she sees this as the other bookend. So she's building a legacy item, but the guys in the White House, they don't care about that. Why do they care about Nancy Pelosi's legacy trip? Her, it's essentially a vanity trip. They think she's self-promoting, which she is. And for them right now, they're trying to ramp down tensions in U.S.-China relations for whatever reason. That's their chess move. They're playing a chess game. Their move is to ramp down tensions, and she's ramping them up, and they're like, hey, can you not, you know, mess with our strategy, please? Because uh, nobody ever asked you to do that. And she's like, no, I'm, I don't care what you say. So in the end, you've got these, these, you know, old politicians, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, frankly, who are stubborn, and neither one of them wants to give in. And then when the, the, the funny part is that this was all being negotiated behind the scenes very quietly for weeks, by the way, guys, weeks. They were trying to convince her. They are pleading with her, showing her military operations that would be necessary, intelligence assessments. But then the story leaked, and someone asked Biden about it, and he confirmed it. And oh. all of a sudden, the quiet negotiations were, were, were over because he blurted it out into public, and he made it even worse because then the Chinese really overreacted and now Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to look like she's backing down, so now she kind of has to go. Oh, wow. You mentioned the age of the participants. Of course, Nancy and her husband benefited from the opium wars, and that's where they really made their money. (laughs) (laughs) So at the same time, though, with all due respect to that, which I find uh, oddly hilarious, um, (laughs) the idea that the Chinese would... Well, okay, that's that's good to know. But the idea that the Chinese would get a veto power over any American going to Taiwan is utterly galling. Right, and that's the 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 principle that's important to uphold here. Now, what's funny about that is that you know from the what the White House guys say is they're like, listen, we know that the Chinese always bitch and moan, and we're not saying that we should give in. But what we're saying is, according to our intelligence, they believe that Pelosi is going. You know, with the president's support, they can't understand our system that, like, the president of the United States can't control the Speaker of the House from his own party. She would go and tell him to go screw himself. Like, in their system, if you defy the president, you're dead. You're gone. You're breaking rocks for 20 years. Your whole family is finished forever. So they they don't believe the Biden people Ah. when they say, no, 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 we can't control Nancy Pelosi, and she she just have to lump it. So they think it's an escalation, which is, like, again, the opposite of what they're trying to signal. And then, you know, when and then once they sort of realized that our system was so sort of dysfunctional and they started to believe, they're like, oh, now we'll double down and get even nastier and meaner and threaten her more. 
And so, I mean, they're, I think, yeah, of course we can't back down to Chinese bullying, but we have to also understand that the reason that there's a risk is because they don't believe anything that we say. We don't believe anything that they say. And Nancy Pelosi is just sort of injecting herself into that situation without regard for much of that. Because, again, that's, she wants to do what she wants to do, and I was going to tell her what not to do. And so in this, the people who are stuck really in the middle of the Taiwanese, of course, because, you know, like Hume said, it's, not, it's very unlikely that the Chinese are going to start World War III over this, right? They're not going to attack us. What they do is they attack the weaker party. That's the Taiwanese. So when she leaves, you know, and they impose some sort of new economic or military aggression on Taiwan, uh, she's writing the check, but they're paying the bill. So, do we know what the great chess game is that the White House is playing? I was surprised to see the Secretary of Defense yesterday, Mr. Austin, also making noises about it. This isn't exactly the best timing for, I mean, so what, what do we have going on? What's in the works? Well, President Biden and General Secretary Xi Jinping are on the phone right now. I mean, it's a video conference, but they're literally talking as we speak, okay? And that's what that's the that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to regularize the relationship so that we could at least talk to one another. And what they say is the Biden people, the White House people anyway, what they say is listen, this relationship's going down, okay, fast. Not because we want it to, but because the Chinese Communist Party is getting worse. They're getting more aggressive, more repressive, more expansionist, nastier, meaner, acting more like gangsters every day. I think the White House gets that, right? But what they're, the, what they're saying is that we're not, we, we want to sort of prepare for this struggle carefully. We want to do it, you know, we don't want to spark crises unnecessarily. And when we do have a crisis, we want it to be on our terms, not on Nancy Pelosi's terms. So they're just trying to keep things copacetic, and she's messing with that plan. Now, overall, do I think that the Biden administration is doing enough to confront the Chinese Communist Party? No. But you could understand just sort of from an intellectual standpoint why on one particular day they might not want Nancy Pelosi to start a crisis because they're not ready for that. (laughs) Josh Rogan, global opinions columnist for the Washington Post on the line. I believe we have live feed of the uh, video conference right now. Mr. President, you're on mute. Uh, The little picture of the microphone, sir. No, touch it. No, just touch it once, sir. You're still on mute. Uh, so, <laughs> more more seriously, Josh, uh, one factor we haven't yet discussed is the upcoming coronation of Xi Jinping as, as the, a third-term leader slash president for life with the economy faltering, the COVID not going away. Um, I understand one factor is we don't want to give him an excuse for acting like the hard-ass nationalist to rally support behind him. Right. Well, there's two things you've got you, uh, that related to what you just said. One is that, you know, we've got a, this whole region full of countries and w- right. We don't want to give him like any plausible story as to to claim that we're the aggressors instead of him. And even if it's not true, we don't want to give him that chance. But the other thing is that, like, you know, what the White House guys will say is, listen, in these few months, it's pretty dicey before Xi Jinping gets coronated for his third term because he's under the microscope, blah, blah, blah. And that presumes something which I don't think is true, which is that after he gets his third term, it's going to be better. My assumption is that once he becomes dictator for life, like a Putin or a MBS or a Kim Jong-un, right, he's actually going to get worse. He's going to get nastier. Mm. That's what happens with, you know, psychopathic dictators. Their appetite grows with the eating. And so I I don't think there's ever going to be a good time for Nancy Pelosi to go to Taiwan where they're not going to do threatened to do some crazy stuff. That's why I think she might as well go now, because I don't think it's going to get better 
later this year. Um, but, you know, that's the situation we're in. The Chinese Communist Party is becoming a totalitarian state, almost a fascist state. And that's well, a scary thing that we're all going to have to deal with. Well, that sounds awfully damned if you do and damned if you don't-ish, because what I was trying to express is that, that Xi Jinping has to have a justification for being uh, re-coronated. And with the other stuff floundering, if being the brave military hero against the West is an excuse, he's looking for somebody to punch in the face. And we'd prefer not to give him that excuse for all sorts of different reasons. But, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's true, but I think he's going to get coronated one way or the other. And he's going to get nastier one way or the other. And if we look at China, look at that zero COVID stuff. I mean, it's crazy. They're killing their own economy. They're putting millions of people into quarantine for two cases of like the, you know, the, the, the variants don't even work that way anymore. But they can't change. They, no one can tell the dear leader that he's wrong. That's what's so scary about it is it doesn't, it doesn't need any more boogeyman. He doesn't need any more excuses. He's, he's done it. He's he's assumed total power mm. and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's why China is a big threat. But it's also why we can't say that China is going to be the greatest country in the world, because all of those systems are essentially corrupt and rotten at the core. Well, that's actually good news for us. Um, uh, uh, the yeah, double edged sword, certainly. Um, uh, so the final on this from you, do you think she one has to go and will go? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if I had to put money on it, yeah, I think she's going to go. Because she's going to Seoul. She's going to Tokyo. So now if she doesn't go, everybody will know she backed down. Sure. And, you know, the, what the White House says is, oh, just go after the election. It'll be fine after the election. But she won't – she'll be speaker, but she'll be a lame duck. It won't be the same thing. Sure, of course not. And uh, I don't think she wants to take that chance. So, uh, you know, if you know, I think at the end of next week, Nancy Pelosi and a delegation in Atlanta, Taiwan – and like I said, the Chinese are just going to have to lump it. And, you know, if they don't, you know, if they do do something really crazy and provocative, then the Biden administration should support Pelosi, not the Chinese. Yeah. You and, know, you know, and if they yeah, do something crazy, the that was if they do something crazy, that was going to happen over something else. I mean, if they're willing to go to war over Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan, which is a completely normal thing to do. Well, then exactly. something else was going to happen anyway. And when the CCP challenges are resolved, what we should do is we should show resolve. How about that? Amen to that, brother. Josh Rogan of the Washington Post. You should read him. His most recent piece is posted at armstrongandgetty.com. Josh, we always appreciate the time. Well done. Anytime. I love how fired up he is about this topic because everybody should be. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.